the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Aria and I'm here with Vet and Pet Direct's resident veterinarian, Dr. Glenn. Hello. And we're here to talk about a little disease with a very hard to pronounce name. Yep. It's in the news. It is in the news. Is it a doggy pandemic sweeping the nation or is it something that we just need to keep an eye on but we don't need to panic about too keep much? Keep an eye on don't panic about it and depending on where you live in the country, it changes things certainly, yeah. So we're going to look at what it is and how it works and how to prevent it yep. um, and more, all of that and more. So um, just remember that this is just general advice um it may or may not be suitable for you and your pet and if you have any questions that can relate to your pet talk to your own vet sounds good so how do we pronounce it let's start with that ehrlichiosis ehrlichiosis what is it it is a blood-borne parasite spread by ticks that um causes lots of nasty troubles for dogs Okay. Basically, um, and ticks, essentially brown dog ticks, um, is by far the most likely carrier um, in Australia, and it's really it's made the news um, recently, and I've seen it online, and I've had a couple of clients um, ask me about it in, in Brisbane. Um, it's something that we've only just discovered, and, and previous to um, twenty twenty, it's been an exotic disease to Australia. So okay. it's been one of the the um, dog diseases we've been trying to keep out of Australia, and, yeah. and needs to be tested for as part of the import protocols for dogs to get into Australia. Okay. Um, so it's it's endemic throughout the world, which means um, it's in most countries in the world um, have already got this disease and, and are dealing with it on a day-to-day basis Okay. Um, if they've got the presence of the vector. So um, it, it's essentially a little bacteria um, that lives in uh, white blood cells and in, yeah, in the cells mostly in the blood okay. of, of dogs. Um, so that's all canid species, so dogs and dingoes and foxes. and um, it's, it, it certainly causes major health issues for the dog in the short term, but also in the long term. Okay. Um, but it is spread by essentially the brown dog tick, which depending on what part of the country in Australia you live in, um, is either something you've never heard of and see extremely rarely um, or is a day-to-day problem in your pet's life, essentially, yeah. Yeah, depending on where in Australia you live. Yeah. Where do brown dogs in general, where's their biographical range? I mean, basically east of the Great Divide um, and the further north you go and... and yeah, west of the Great Divide essentially is their main um, area. I mean, I practice in Brisbane, um, and in the last 15 years, I think I've seen about three cases from memory. Okay. Um, and all of those pets have been either a puppy that came recently from out west, yeah. um, or um, people had, had been on holidays and, and visited a place where brown dog ticks are, are endemic. I mean, I've worked in Townsville, and we used to see a lot of brown dog ticks there, and, yeah. and um, Northern Territory, Catherine Darwin. I mean, yeah, if your dog wasn't on brown dog tick prevention you know i've seen dogs with literally hundreds yeah thousands of brown dog ticks um so and and that's the area that this was first discovered in the top end of wa okay um and some astute um veterinarians that thought gee what's going on with this dog this dog's really unhealthy um and this blood-borne parasite was one of the potential diagnoses okay um and 
requested the test for it and found that this dog has got this disease that it shouldn't have because we didn't think it was in Australia, yeah. essentially, other than a few dogs that had slipped through the quarantine system and, and, and hadn't been detected until they were imported and, and living in Australia. Yeah, okay, but yeah. they were caught in quarantine, so it's not like something that's... Well, caught in quarantine or, or caught post-quarantine, but they hadn't spread it to anywhere yeah, any, yeah. Other, any other dogs because it's got it's not a dog to dog parasite. It needs the um, a tick as the the vector. So a, a, a dog's got to have the infection in its bloodstream. Yeah, and a tick bites that dog, drops off and bites another dog. Um, yeah, and then the second dog can then be infected. So it's a a dog to tick to dog. Yeah. So, okay. So the tick's the vector. Uh, yeah. In the, in the case and and. It's not only brown dog ticks, but brown dog ticks are the most likely tick to bite a dog and then bite another dog, essentially. Yeah, because yeah, Australia's got like 80 different species of, of native ticks. I know, so um, many. So many. Um, but the likelihood of a dog having the infection and being bitten by a paralysis tick or a bush tick or a different type of tick mm-hmm. and then that same tick biting a different dog is reasonably unlikely and a lot less common than, than a brown dog tick doing the yeah. same thing, okay. Yeah. So chances are if this is the first that you're hearing of this disease and you're worried about if there are brown dog ticks in your area, chances are if there are brown dog ticks, you, you will have known about it beforehand. Is that right? Oh, possibly. But, I mean, it, because it's such a new problem and, and – um, uh, topographically, I mean, it, it's once they started testing for it because it's not something you can see. Like the the um, parasite's microscopic, um, and it's in red blood cells, or it's in white blood cells, or it's in platelet cells. Um, it, so it's, it's really tiny. It's pretty tiny, um, and it, it doesn't show up that well, like on a smear. So I mean, a lot of vets are, are good pathologists, and they'll yeah. have a sick pet, and they'll do a blood smear, and you'll have a look at white blood cells and clamp count platelets and do all that sort of thing the likelihood of you finding that parasite on that smear is very unlikely um so some of the bloodborne uh, different bloodborne parasites that we see um you can pick them up quite easily from a blood smear mm-hmm. so if you've got an index of suspicion where you think okay maybe this dog or cat's got this bloodborne parasite let's stain it up with the stain yeah um, and have a look and see if it's if you can see them and and some of those bloodborne parasites you can pick it up in-house under the microscope yeah that's really unlikely in this case um so you've got to then request a specific test for that parasite and um if you don't request the test well you don't find it yeah so, so it has to to test for ehrlichiosis it has to go to a lab correct yeah yep. yeah there's probably going to be some in-house tests coming out at some stage um yep. that we can use but it's it's pretty much we're doing antibody tests so um again there's pcr tests coming through that that detect the actual parasite okay um, but mostly we're looking for immune response from the pet the antibodies um for the pet having been infected for you know probably a couple of days or a couple of weeks or longer yeah um, and having an immune response to it and, and that's how you pick it up um, wow but i mean part of the problem is where it was found is you know fairly remote and yeah and, definitely and, and, and away from you know a dog didn't probably swim across Torres Strait um, <laughs> or from Timor Islands and infect um, the upper part of Australia but yes. but we don't know how long it's been there for because there hasn't been any you know, routine monitoring sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean some of the, the vets in um, in those areas because there's quite a lot like through um, Catherine and Darwin and the Northern Territory there's yeah. been a number of cases there now um, and they're, they're seeing you know dogs sick with this condition and, and it, if it was there for the last 40 years has it been getting missed and, and just being 
you know, thought it was a different sort of condition. I mean, yeah. maybe, but but it sounds like there seems to be a greater prevalence um, of dogs presenting with those symptoms. But we're also alerted to it as a problem now as well, so we're looking for it more. Yeah, definitely, yeah. which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. What are the symptoms? Um, so it's because the bloodborne parasite I mean, gets in the body um, via the tick, and then it reproduces and, and spreads through the body so there's sort of three phases of the disease okay. there's the um the acute disease or the, the sudden onset one and that's mm-hmm. um goes for a couple of weeks basically and and they can be mildly ill or they can be quite sick from those symptoms okay um so i mean running a temperature and non-specific signs of just feeling unwell um uh, some of them develop an anemia quite quickly um mm-hmm. so the red blood cells um, break down. Um, some of them get clotting disorders because of the um, the platelets get used up, um, yeah, essentially. Okay. So, so you get bleeding from, um, you know, noses and eyes and backsides and and hemorrhages underneath the skin and, and bruising and that sort of thing. Um, all the lymph nodes get enlarged a mm-hmm. lot of the time because they're having an immune response, um, and that can be quite severe disease initially. But but usually it's more mild. Okay. Um, the initial symptoms, um, and then you get this um, subclinical time frame where some dogs just get rid of the infection and that's it, um, and they're not worried by it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them don't show any symptoms for the rest of their life, but they've still got the parasite in low numbers, and, and they're the ones that you know can spread it. Yeah, um, okay. Because they've still got the parasite in the system, and and tick bites them and bites another dog, and the next dog's infected. Yeah, but that pet doesn't show any actual symptoms okay or they don't show symptoms for a month or two or six months yeah um, but then develop the chronic form of the disease which um, is again lymph nodes getting large um, anemias bleeding disorders clotting disorders um, especially bleeding from the nose but but can have you know, bruising and hemorrhages everywhere yeah um, cause kidney troubles um, yeah liver failure and, and death sometimes yeah um, and some breeds dobermans and german shepherds seems to be for some reason, genetically particularly prone to okay. to maybe showing or being more likely to have um, worse symptoms. Okay. Um, but it, it can affect any dog. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So what symptoms should owners keep an eye on? I mean, quiet, yeah. What's, what's a sick dog look like? Um, yeah. Lethargic, depressed, um, going off their food, and, and that's you know, non-specific for a, a pet running a temperature. Yes. Um, certainly, you know, bleeding predispositions, um, you know, bleeding from the nose, um, you know, bloody urine or, or, or bruising hemorrhages. I mean, that's um, you know, obviously not a good thing if it happens. And no. Regardless of the cause, you should be seeing if you see that. That's um, right. But, I mean, you know, we're used to, you know, bleeding disorders from rat bait toxicity and, yes. and those sort of things. So there's, there's plenty of other things causes bleeding um, disorders orders as well yeah um but yeah this sick dog um chronic weight loss like yeah it depends on which organ system's affected and, and how bad it is yeah uh, as to what symptoms they show but i mean it certainly kills some of them um and causes chronic um debilitating disease in others and, and some of them are fine yeah yeah so i guess from a pet owner's point of view there's not a lot we can really do because these symptoms are you know they're varied it can be from a number of things. So really prevention is where our focus should be. Prevention is where your focus should be. Um, and obviously if your dog's sick, regardless of the cause, you should go to your vet and, of course. and find out what's going on. Because yeah. this is a treatable disease if you if you get them early enough yeah. um, and before they have you know, obviously fatal bleeding disorders yeah. and stuff like that. So it depends on where in the phase that you get it. I mean, um, if it's really early on, um, before they've got antibodies to the um, – to the bacteria, 
they may come up negative initially, but it, okay. usually they develop antibodies pretty quickly. Um, and now that we're looking for it, particularly if we're in those areas where it's um, where it's an endemic disease, vets are, are, are more likely to test for it and use it as a, you know, a diagnostic tool to work out are these pets that are just non-specifically sick, are they early stage, which is the best time to treat it before you yeah. get all the other complications. Um, and it is quite easily treatable with um, a pretty standard common antibiotic that we use um, yep. that needs to be given for like four weeks um, and and if they haven't got you know major bleeding or other issues well that that's a cure and that's a fix for it that's um, really if, good to know if they're very sick and you know they've used up all their platelets and they're, they're just bleeding spontaneously well then it's blood transfusions or plasma transfusions to, to get mm. platelet levels back up to back up to scratch yeah um, so yeah it's a treatable disease if you work out that that's what's going on and, and put them on the the appropriate treatment yeah yeah but definitely prevention i mean prevention is the, is the best way to go so how do how do we prevent it uh just stop your dog getting bitten by ticks <laughs> which is really easy to say really quickly i know yeah. um, <laughs> how do and, you do that and, and if you lived in an area that's got brown dog ticks that is certainly easier said than done um, yes because they're really you know I've seen, like I said, dogs with thousands of dog ticks on them there. You know, if you're in a dog tick area, they're very easy to, to pick up because wherever there's dogs, you're going to have brown dog ticks, basically. They're um, going to be laying eggs and hatching out and the little larval ticks, I mean, they're only a couple of millimetres long. Um, and, you know, I've been places where you just you see them crawling up the walls and they're, oh they're, they're just goodness. everywhere, basically. Or you walk through a yard um, and you'll have 50 ticks crawling up your leg. Yeah. Um, and in those areas, obviously, that's you know, a high likelihood um, that if the um, if the bacteria is present in an infected dog next door, you know, if that tick bites that dog and then bites your dog, you're in strife. Um, so prevention, um, we've got very effective tick preventions these days. Yeah. It's not... Um, it, it's only the bite that needs to happen for the pet to get infected. So okay. tick paralysis, the tick's got to be there for a couple of days um, yeah. as a rule or longer to be there for long enough to cause tick paralysis. So you've got some time to kill that tick. Yeah. Um, whereas with this disease, if a tick gets on them, you want it to die as soon as possible. So you're minimising your chances of, of your pet getting infected from that tick. Um, and if your tick um, didn't bite the pet at all well that's even better basically. yeah yeah so um using preventatives um and repellents that stop the ticks from biting um that's certainly an advantage but because it's such a big issue if you're in an area with lots of brown dog ticks and particularly if in that top end of wa yeah all northern territory hasn't at this stage been found to be spreading in queensland um, mm-hmm. it's possibly spreading in the very top end of south australia mm-hmm. um the more we look, are we going to find it more places potentially? Um, and because it's a new disease that we don't know that much about in Australia, like, you know, how fast is it going to spread through um, these areas to, to potentially go to other areas? Because yeah. most of WA's got brown dog ticks. You know, a lot of South Australia's got brown dog ticks. Certainly a lot of Queensland's got brown dog ticks. Yeah. And, and a lot of, um, you know, uh, central and western New South Wales has got brown dog ticks and top end of Victoria as well. So the, the area that brown dog ticks are in Australia is a lot larger than the area that's currently um, has got known cases of this disease. But the, um, the circumstances are there for it to, to be, you know, spread over most of Australia, realistically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, prevention-wise, um, to stop the ticks from biting, um, there's a couple of different products, like Advantix has got registration for tick repellency. Okay. Um, and the Ceresto Collar has got, um, yeah, registration for the same thing. So okay. it will help to repel the ticks so they're less likely to bite. Yeah. Um, 
they're pretty fast little buggers. I mean, if you see a baby tick um, moving, they can, you know, they're, they're walking pretty fast. And, and yeah. if your dog picks one up from walking past a blade of grass where the ticks are just sitting up the top, waving around in the breeze, waiting for someone to brush past, they they can jump on pretty quick and potentially get a meal pretty quick. So that's where the, okay, something that kills ticks and prevents them, which is the collar or the advantix, so yeah. that's a very good idea. If I lived in an area where this was a potential, you know, significant problem, I'd be using a preventative insecticide that also kills ticks and another prevention that's very, very effective tick control. Um, so that's like your, your next garden, Prevectos and Total Fives, the, the um, very, very good quick-acting tick yep. killers, essentially. So yeah. one of them plus one of the products that I, has the repellent I, as I, well. I use both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just because um, you're just trying to stop ticks getting on the first place and if they do get on kill them as fast as possible and that's good advice for anyone who might be traveling through these areas absolutely um so it's i mean who is susceptible from the areas that we know about currently so yes if you live in those areas obviously it's a you know a major concern for you and that's not all the australian population but you know there's lots of people living darwin and catherine and the northern territory in the top end of wa um and that's you know that's a, a potential significant threat to your dog's health yeah um and then i mean lots of people are pretty mobile these days um lots of people get traveling with their pets oh and it's such a beautiful part of australia absolutely um so um yeah if you're traveling to those areas or realistically traveling to anywhere where there's you know brown dog ticks um i would certainly recommend having your pet on you know tick prevention and, and you might be coming from an area where you don't usually have to worry about ticks yep. I mean, again paralysis ticks in australia we, we think are probably extending their um areas where they're a problem yeah like, um into like suburban melbourne there's there's cases of tick paralysis now which 20 years ago you know would never happen no um, and the same with um there's a lot of areas of sydney's and, and south coast new south wales um and moving in towards canberra with the, you've never had tick paralysis problems you've got tick paralysis troubles now yeah so, if you're in an area where classically you haven't needed tick control and you're travelling to these areas, you, you may not be familiar with those products and, yeah. and, and may not even think about it. But I would definitely, yeah, if you're travelling with your pet, um, you, you need that um, you know, flea and tick control happening. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we sell all of those products that yep. Glenn mentioned at vetandpetdirect.com.au and um, you can always um, ask us for any advice yep. um, about what to use, especially if you're going traveling and you're sort of unfamiliar with these products and yep. how they work. If you have any other questions, uh, you can also talk to your vet about it as well. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. That, and and it's, it's developing thing too. That's the yeah. thing because it is for us, it's so new. Um, and, as a profession, we haven't had to think about looking for it before. Yeah. Um, and, and now it's in the back of your mind, you know, and they're pretty non-specific disease symptoms at the end of the day, like particularly yeah. early, early on. So it, it's just another thing to add, okay, this is the you know, on the list of things that, that could be a problem. Um, and the other thing to think about, um, there is actually um, an area – in the top end WA that has got specific restrictions for, for dog movements okay. um, in there and that's in part of the, um, the WA quarantine legislation. So yeah. if you're living in that area and dog's already in that area, if you're moving it from that area and that's sort of from Broome across to um, in the central desert and, and north, mm -hmm. um, there are regulations that you have to go by having the pet on prevention for ticks while they're there okay. um, and then continuing that prevention for a six-month period after the, the pet moves out of that area. Okay. Um, so that includes you if you're travelling, you know, with your pet into that area, 
I mean, I would recommend anyway, but have very good protection for ticks on your pet while it's there. But legislation-wise, you have to monitor that tick, that um, pet for signs of illness um, for a six-month period. Mm-hmm. Notify the authorities back in WA um, if your pet shows any signs of illness, so yeah. you can chase up. You know, has that um, infection spread to other areas? Yeah, um, or been taken potentially by your pet, unfortunately, to other areas. Um, and you've got to document that you're actually using. Um, tick control yeah. um, for, the, for that six-month period as well. So it's all in the legislation, um, but that's something that um, yeah, people, you know, that's pretty foreign to um, Australian people. Yeah. For, for, for dogs, like you know, there's other other animals have got areas where, you know, for tick restrictions for cattle and horses and yeah, stuff like that's that. Yeah, right. But, but for, for dogs, you know, there hasn't been that sort of... Um, that sort of burden placed on us before, but it, it's certainly something that's going to um, hopefully not spread. But yeah, the more we look for it, the more we find it, which is a bit scary. Yeah, it is mm. a bit scary. Do you think that, um, you know, you said it's something that you as clinicians have to keep in the back of your mind. Is that how you think the general population should be thinking of this as well? Or Look, it, it, it's a hard one. I mean, at the moment, if you live in a brown dog tick area, I mean, for your pet's um, health and your pet's comfort i would recommend being a very good tick control anyway because yeah. they're horrible little buggers getting in ears and between toes and, and like they're, they're pretty nasty um so if there's brown dog ticks i would recommend being on good prevention as well it's probably just a another reason to have very good um, tick control yeah um, on your dogs if you're in an area with brown dog ticks and, and that's a fairly extensive area as well yeah um and i mean a lot of places that have got brown dog ticks haven't got paralysis ticks. And a lot of places that have got paralysis ticks haven't got brown yeah. dog ticks. So it sort of means that, okay, if you're looking at paralysis ticks and brown dog ticks, there's really not much of Australia that isn't included in that. That's right. Realistically. So, yeah, I mean, and with a lot of the medications we've got now that do really good flea control and tick control, well, okay, if you're doing good flea control, you can at the same time do very good tick control at the same time yeah um, and it doesn't you know it's the same medication yeah, yeah so that probably makes sense but you know once we've once we make sure and like you said it's just another reason to make sure that you have really good tick control on board once you've got that there it's really nothing to be panicking about it's nothing it's nothing to panic about i mean it's yeah as I said, more of a concern if you're in those areas but if you're in you know brisbane or sydney or melbourne or um you know non-Northern Territory, non-top-end WA areas is probably not a big concern, something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, if you're in Western Queensland and WA is not far across the border, you know, I'd, I'd definitely keep in the back of your mind. And, and if you're in that area, brown dog ticks are everywhere anyway. Yeah. So you probably should be covering for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, if anyone has concerns... They need to take the doctor vet. Yep, absolutely. Get them tested and um, and now we're looking for it. Um, hopefully we don't find many more, but it seems to be the case that we are. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's, that's been interesting. Thank hmm. you for the update. There's always something new. There is, yeah. <laughs> there Thank- is. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.